This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yelling is a funny thing in my office when I'm talking to families because parents get accused of yelling by their kids all the time. Like, you are yelling at me. There's an interesting definition of yelling that kids use that doesn't have anything to do with volume. Oftentimes, it has to do with tone. So yelling has become sort of this generic term for you're saying something to me in a firm tone or in a stern way that I don't want to hear. So kids will say, you're yelling at me. Welcome to Fluster Clucks with Lynn Lyons, where we talk about worry and other big feelings in parenting. I'm your co-host, Robin. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law, and I'm here to ask your questions. And I'm Lynn Lyons. I'm an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and author, and I've been a therapist for over 30 years. Parenting can be a Fluster Clucks, and I'm here to help you find your way. So, Lynn, you want to talk about yelling today on our final summer nugget. (laughs) Yes, you said that so loudly. If your child is saying that you're yelling at them and you know that you're not raising your voice and your volume is loud and that kind of stuff, know that this is kind of a thing right now, that yelling means I'm telling you to do something you don't want to do and my tone is stern. Okay, so that's one type of yelling. Let's just talk now about the old-fashioned type of yelling because that's problematic. Oftentimes, parents will say to me, well, the only way that I can get the attention of my child is to yell at them. Like I will ask them to do something four times, and then the only way they'll get off the couch or the only way they'll get out of bed is when I, when I lose it, when I start yelling. So there's a few things going on there. One is that kids learn pretty quickly what volume they need to pay attention to. So if you've got a kid who won't get out of bed and you come in nicely and say like, hey, you better get up. Hey, come on now. Look, it's we got to leave in 15 minutes. Okay, come on. I mean it. You're like a human snooze button. You're walking in and they're like, okay, so there's warning number two. There's warning number three. And then when you come in and you're like, we need to get out. You need to get out of bed right now. They're like, oh, okay. Now she means business or now he means business. So pay attention to that. Kids learn when they need to listen to you based on your volume. And you want to make sure that you're not sort of repeating yourself over and over again to the point where you get to this screaming volume and that you've trained your kids that that's what they have to listen to. Let's get personal for a second. Okay. Because you and I both, neither one of us are big yellers. No, I'm not a yeller at all. Well, ever? Come on. Well, honestly, like there's a lot of things that I can criticize myself about, but truly, like full, full honesty, I've probably yelled at my kids in their lives five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was one of those instances? Um, I think somebody was running out in the road. Yeah. I feel like there's like a timing in parenting where, so I don't think I could say five times, but I also think my number is pretty low. I'm kind of out of the yelling stage of parenting right now. Yeah. Because when they're really little, I reserved yelling just for- Danger. Danger, exactly. Like going into the road so that you knew that they would listen. 
But then I'm now past this phase, I think, like knock on wood, there's that there's that chapter in parenting where bedtime just sucks. I'm sorry. It just sucks. And you're like, <laughs> guys, go to bed, right? They're mm-hmm. running all over the house and you're just wanting to be done for the day, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like every parent's most hated hour of parenting. Yeah. So I definitely had some yelling episodes, but I learned a trick and I would always say, I've asked you three times in a normal voice. And the next time I have to say it, if I have to say it, I will be yelling. Okay. So you give them a little warning that it's coming. The warning was enough before going into an all out yell. So here's the difference when you do that. And, and let me just also say like the yelling for danger. I don't even count that. Yeah, that's sort not of really yelling. yelling. Well, well, because I would do that if my husband was about to walk in front of a car, I would yell at him too. Like I'd be like, watch out! Like I, you know, I don't consider that yelling. Back to what you were saying. The thing about yelling, if I can equate the kind of yelling that I think just becomes habitual and you sort of justify, it's sort of the same way that people used to talk to me about spanking. Spanking is much more infrequent now. They would try and convince me that this was a really thought out, deliberate parenting strategy that they used. And what I would often say is like, no, not really. Like you're not, this isn't something you've really thought about. You hit your kid when you're out of control, when you don't know what else to do, when when your emotions are triggered, right? It's an out of control response. What you're describing when you say, okay, so I've, said this to you three times and the next time you're I'm going to yell that is actually you saying I'm thinking about this and this is a planned strategy and let me be clear I don't think that you should ever say um look I've asked you to do this three times and the next time I'm going to hit you because I won't go into a long diatribe about how we know we know that hitting doesn't work but but I think that the yelling you're talking about is like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. And I'm giving you warning versus there are parents who just yell a lot. There are families that that they say like, we're a family of yellers. You did an episode early, like, I think it was like our third episode on flattening our emotional curve. Yes. Right. And so the difference would be, to be clear, there were years where I would probably yell at bedtime when I was just so mm-hmm. fried. And then I, yeah. you know, like as, as I got, I don't know, my kids got older and I just had, had the patience to think more about how I wanted to approach it. Mm-hmm. I was able, and this is what you teach. I was able to separate myself from the anger mm-hmm. and then say, you know what? I'm angry right now mm-hmm. and I'm going to yell versus my anger overwhelmed me and I started yelling, which right. is probably what I did, you know, when, I had a three-year-old and an eight-year-old, but I got better and better at it. I just want parents to hear that, that this is a work in progress and it's not about perfection. But the, the reason I'm giving you this summer nugget of yelling as we're heading back into you know a routine, as we're heading back into school and that kind of stuff, just pay attention to how you get your kids to do the things they need to do. And are you really... Are you responding in an emotional way? Was this something that was modeled for you? Do you say frequently, oh, I just come from a family of yellers. 
I also hear oftentimes families will say or parents will say, well, you know what, I just I scream at them and yell at them. And then we're fine. And, you know, we just get it over with. And then we go back to getting to normal, which is an interesting thing, because the parent feels better after they've screamed and yelled, and then the child has obeyed. But it leaves a mark, I call it emotional vomiting, if you lose it on your kid, and your kid then does what they're supposed to do, and you consider that a victory, I just want you to think differently about that. Because you've gotten your child to go to bed, or you've gotten your child to pick up their crap off the floor, you've gotten your child to get out of bed. But is that the emotional interaction that you want to have with your children? Or is that how someone could get you to do something? Yeah. Like if your boss did that to you at work, I don't think you'd come home and be like, oh my gosh, it was so effective. I forgot to, I forgot to hand it this report and my boss came in and screamed at me and I was like, oh my gosh, so thank you so much for, for screaming at me. That was really helpful. And I'm you so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. And I feel so, I feel so close to you and I know you respect me. It's just, <laughs> it's just recognizing like decent human interaction. And again, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying this just as a way to think about it. And that this idea that that yelling all the time is your only option, I just want you to reconsider that. Because that's really about you just feeling emotionally overwhelmed or feeling like you can't get the job done. It's going to happen. It's not about perfection. But just pay attention to this idea that, yeah, we're just a family of yellers, right? I was just thinking of a few moments of memories of like when bosses yelled at me. Which, of course, like I immediately started looking for a new job. Yeah. But there was one time I yelled at my boss and I was nine months pregnant. Oh, gosh. But I blame that. (laughs) 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 And this boss and I are still friends. So it's not like it was a a really disrespectful one. But there was something he always did. He always did. He always did that basically disrupted our team's productivity. Yeah. And there was just this day I was getting ready to go home and work from home from maternity leave. And and I was so huge. And I just remember running into his office and I screamed, why do you always do this? And, and I like back him against a corner. He's like 30 years my senior looking completely terrified. <laughs> this wasn't my kid. This was my boss. Yeah. It was awesome. I actually think of that as such a fond memory. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that we all probably have memories of yelling at somebody that there was that you think like, well, that was awesome. I did that. Yeah. Just just pay attention to yelling. The yelling, there's the yelling of the tone, right? When your kids say you're yelling at me and you're like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm telling you what I want you to do. But if you're a family of yellers, if you were raised by yellers, just recognize is this really a parenting strategy that you're using or is this you just losing your shit? So Robin and I travel a lot. And part of traveling is that you learn that you have to compromise, right? So maybe you're not going to get the best seat on the plane. Well, you know where you shouldn't compromise? You shouldn't compromise with your health care. When it comes to your health, there's no compromising, everybody. Don't go back to that one doctor who didn't really pay attention to you, who rushed you through your appointments. Check out ZocDoc. This is the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, insurance, so literally no compromises here. 
ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be on hold with a receptionist. These doctors all have verified reviews from real patients. So the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. I have two young adult sons. They are always needing something, right? We've had broken elbows. We've had tonsils. We've had this. We've had that. If I were a young person, if I were a parent trying to help my young person find a doctor, this is what I would use. So Go to ZocDoc.com slash Fluster and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Fluster. ZocDoc.com slash Fluster. Picture the thing that you've always wanted to learn, and now picture that you're learning it from the person who's literally the best in the world at it. It's fantastic, and that's what you get with Masterclass. I recently listened to Matthew Walker's talk on sleep and the importance of consistency with sleep. I loved Bobby Brown's Masterclass, gave me all these tips about putting on makeup because, you know, I'm in front of a camera sometimes and I want to look good, and Bobby was such a big help. So this year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass actually helps you do it. Like I actually put on makeup the way that Bobby Brown taught me how to put on makeup. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass actually helps you do it. Masterclass offers over 180 instructors. So whether you want to master negotiation with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe you want to learn how to just make your makeup look better with Bobby Brown or sleep better with Matthew Walker, with Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. I loved it. There are over 200 classes to pick from. New classes are added every single month, like a class that talks about your gut health. So many interesting things to learn. So every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's absolutely no risk. Right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash Fluster. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash fluster. Masterclass.com slash fluster. If someone's listening and they say, I lose my shit, Mm -hmm. now what? You can try and go cold turkey or you can also just cut down whatever works for you. I would say to your kids, you know, when you're trying to change something and you put it out there and you you give yourself some accountability, that's really helpful. So if you say to your kids, I'm really going to work on yelling, I just want you to know that I'm paying attention to this. And if I yell at you, if I lose it, then I'm going to apologize to you afterwards for yelling. And we're going to figure out how we can get done the thing that we're not getting done. Like you can say to them, I yell when I feel overwhelmed. I yell when I haven't been able to get through to you. I yell when I need you to do something 
and and it's important to me that we're not late or whatever, that's when I yell. So I need you to recognize that I'm trying to get this family machine to run more smoothly, but I'm really going to work on the yelling. Talk to your kids about it. Say, what do you think about the yelling? And as you always say, don't have this conversation while you're yelling or if you just yelled. <laughs> right, right. I am working on not yelling at you and you are not making it any easier. Do you understand? If you want me to stop yelling. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Have a little meeting. It's really okay to just talk about these things. You know, it's really okay to just talk about them and to maybe share with your kids what it was like. You know, you love your grandpa, but he used to scream at us all the time. And I swore I'd never do it. And now I find myself doing it. Just be honest with them. Just be a little vulnerable and work on it together as a family. Relationships need constant, constant adjustment. That's what it's all about. Just in time for the back to school season, the second Fluster Clucks course is available This is Lynn giving the same information and techniques she shares with her clients on how parents can help manage anxiety in their kids. It's a six video series plus nine additional videos of Q&A with me and Lynn, and it's available after August 16th. Robin, before we go away, let's just talk a little bit about the retreat because we know the deadline for registering is coming up. I'm so excited for our retreat at Canyon Ranch. Registration closes Monday, August 30th. So please go to our website or our Facebook group so that you don't miss the deadline to register. We'd love to have you. And it's a really fun time. For any family who doesn't need a little bit of a mental health tweak or boost right now, you know, come on, we all need one. We all need one. And I think it's just a way of letting everybody know that you're not in this alone. If you are a parent, if you've got little people that you're raising up in the world here, the things that people ask me, the things that people write about, the things we'll talk about the retreat are just so universal to being a human being. If you would like to be considered for one of the family session episodes coming up in season four, be sure to join the Facebook group where you will see the link to submit your questions. It has to be a family issue, ideally dealing primarily with anxiety slash depression. Some people have submitted great questions, but they're just areas that are a little outside the scope of what I do. So join our Facebook group this summer and you'll be notified first of these courses and events that we're having. So thanks for listening to another episode of Fluster Clucks. It's so great to have you with us. Enjoy your summer and we will be back at it in full force before you know it. Bye, Lynn. Bye, Robin. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.